1: Everyone, and welcome to another edition of the hashtag Miranda Show. I'm your host, well, the ring announcer to the stars, your Twitterless heroine, the most professional podcaster, and of course, the queen of soft style, Miranda Morales, here with you again for this week's Hashtag Miranda show. I am really happy to be hosting this week. It's my show. I'm always happy to be here, but I'm happy to be with all of you, whether you are watching this on YouTube through the ChairShot's YouTube page or listening to this on your favorite podcast streaming platform, or maybe you're listening to this uh, at the place that started it all, thechairshot.com.
0: Thechairshot.com always use your head
1: yes Uh, oh just go to chairshot.com I mean like I I could do some fancy plug and something very elaborate but if you want reliable news analysis and information in the world of pro wrestling and even in some other areas in sports and entertainment you can go to thechairshot.com thechairshot.com Always use your head. And, of course, the Hashtag Miranda Show is a proud member of the ChairShot Radio Network. And on the Radio Network, you can find some great podcasts for your listening enjoyment, including the podcast that my co-host is on. He is the kingpin of the ChairShot.com. He's also the host of the Greg DeMarco Show. You guessed it. That's Greg DeMarco.
2: I mean, saying that I'm the host of the Greg DeMarco Show... Might have given it away, but eh, I like it. But it's also
1: point. like the truth, right? You exactly. Are the like,
2: host. Sometimes yeah. you know we overcomplicate things, and sometimes we keep them super simple. And you just kept it super simple because, well, you know that's just how you know how bad. it is. No, I don't are. Some I'm of so the so baddest don't motherfuckers don't. on the planet are on that plane. Some some of the baddest motherfuckers on the planet are on this show. Some I'm of the baddest on motherfuckers show. on the planet are on that plane. That's right.
1: Yes, not on that plane, on this show.
2: Some of the baddest motherfuckers on the planet are on that plane. It's election Tuesday and we keep playing stuff from Money Plane. I say we, I mean I, but you're here, so whatever.
1: Yeah, no, because it's the royal we, you know? It is the
2: royal we, yes.
1: I still feel, so we had a topic on the Greg DeMarco show in which we uh, elected a new wrestling president you're going to have to listen to it. Uh, but I also started to dive into the world of Parliament. Uh, you did? I, and d- I like n- it. don't know anything about Parliament. Um, I, I don't know. I don't even know how it functions. But so, I know they have lots of arguments and the, the gavels.
2: So you like, things. I know that you are prone to getting sucked down a YouTube rabbit hole or two. And yes. so Google uh, Saturday Night Live Parliament. And just have a blast for hours. <laughs> just
1: have fun with it. It yes, is because yes. it's
2: back when Saturday Night Live was really good as well. And oh
1: man, this is. Those I the mean, days.
2: it is. It is. This is such good shit. Like, there's some good stuff there.
1: You You know what? I also was watching earlier this week that reminded me. Man, I I missed it when it was good. Uh, but of course, this past Saturday was Halloween, October 31st, and of course. Uh with that uh Sunday coming by, whether it's before or after, you usually get a Simpsons episode of Treehouse of Horror. Yep. And oh man, thirty-one this year, which definitely makes me feel old, but also man, I, I they weren't that great. Like they haven't been no. that good for quite a quite a while. It's
2: hard to do anything well. For 31 years, which is why people shouldn't complain about WWE as much as they do. It's hard to be at the mountaintop for 35-plus years. We just had WrestleMania 36. And most people consider the WrestleMania era to be the big era for WWE.
0: We just had WrestleMania
2: 36. So it's hard. And none of us could ever do what they've done. But Yeah. yeah, I mean, if we
1: judge the WWE's harshly as we judge the Simpsons, maybe. Maybe. Or...
2: Vice versa, I mean, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, vice
1: versa, I guess.
2: If we judge Assumptions as harshly as we judge WWE, they probably wouldn't still be on the air. Both are on yeah. Fox, though, and both are bringing in lots of money. So, yeah. yeah.
1: Hey. I don't know. So, uh, but uh, yeah, so tonight we have a very fun topic. Uh, one that's a throwback, uh, but it's one of my, one of, probably one of my favorite matches. I guess in hindsight, I mean, in the the exact moment, I'm not sure where it falls, probably not in there, but this is one that I remember watching it and thinking, oh my gosh, this is crazy. This is a crazy match. And, and I'll go into you know why I picked it, especially for today. Uh, but we are going to do a throwback. We're going to be talking about a specific WWE match that has happened um, and share our thoughts on it. Uh, especially because not all the action happened in the ring. There was other things that were happening around it. Uh, maybe with the crowd that has left more of an impression with us uh, than the match itself. Uh, But before we get into tonight's topic, well, we got to remind you all, especially if you are living in the great state of Arizona, about NAV 30. Uh, That is being presented by IZW Impact Zone Wrestling on Saturday, November 21st. We are also now in November. We are literally weeks away from NAV 30. Uh, That is a celebration of the influence and impact of the Navajo Warrior, Uh, one of the you know, most historical, and again, I don't mean it in an in a old way, just with a wrestler who's had a huge influence and impact history um, within professional wrestling, not only in the state of Arizona, but really across the West Coast and, and even, you know, across the U.S. Um, we are honored to be able to uh, have this event to honor him and also present some amazing wrestling for you uh, wrestling has been limited in the state of arizona for most of this year so uh, we're also using this opportunity to provide a show to the wrestling fan base in arizona that really makes um, wrestling so much fun it also makes it just a big community and a family izw is a family and so we would love to have you there it is going to be at the sun studios of arizona in tempe Uh, Tickets are still available. Uh, Very limited for VIP. Uh, And again, VIP includes a special VIP match. Um, It has been announced that it's going to be Tyler Citrion and Evan Daniels, Uh, the man himself. Uh, the Navajo warrior will be uh, providing uh, a, a, just a small brief speech prior to the match, explaining why he selected this match uh, for the VIP match. And we are also going to be doing a Q and a, it will be facilitated by yours. Truly Miranda Morales. Uh, and let's see. Oh, doesn't matter. You pointed the, the other way.
2: Yeah. But I think when the video actually processes, it'll be the right way. It's weird what, because you, you weird, see yes. you see yourself backwards on Zoom yes. and I see myself backwards on Zoom, um, so like so, so you just didn't point to me you actually pointed the other way so now point the okay. other way, watch point the other way, and it's to you. And we're not pointing at each other. right mm, mm-hmm.
1: I do this with year with StreamYard, so that's also another. Uh, yeah. Anyway. it's side. weird. But yes. But uh, yes, we will also be doing a Q&A session that's going to be uh, facilitated and hosted by me, Miranda Morales. And you can ask the questions that you want to know the answers to directly to the man himself, the Navajo Warrior. Uh, make sure you check out IZW on social media. Match announcements and talent announcements uh, are continuing to be made, letting you know who is going to be part of this event. And tickets are available on IZ Wrestling izw
2: yeah it's it's I'm so excited about it yeah. and look VIP's almost sold out or down to just a handful of tickets left when I' say a handful I mean literally a handful like mm-hmm. one hand on one hand um and it's just I'm, I'm thrilled about that aspect. You know, ticket sales are limited for this show because of what's going on right now. And we want to keep everybody safe and secure, but also provide a show they can enjoy. And so what that means is, and I talked about this on the Greg DeMarco show because it kind of hit me. We're probably going to be turning people away at the door. And I hate to do that. And it's bad business to do that. But that's the world we live in right now. So, and, and it would suck for me to have to go up there and be like, I'm sorry. At Monster, we had standing room only. I had to go to the front table and tell Jen, who runs the table and does an amazing job, we are out of chairs. If people want to come in, they can still buy a ticket. We discounted the remaining tickets or the tickets at that point, the entry fee. But they're going to have to stand. And they kept coming in. Like, that's the crazy part about it. People kept coming in. I don't even know exactly how many people we had because they can't base it off the money because the ticket prices were different. But we had a lot of people there. And they were standing and they were happy and they enjoyed it. I can't in good conscience do that. On November 21st uh, maybe in February I can do that again at monster 2.0 I don't know I hope I can I hope the world is in a place where we can do that but I know I can't do it on November 21st so go to izwwrestling.com buy your tickets now there's only a handful of VIP tickets left to get the bonus match in the question the Q&A session that Miranda was talking about the rest of the show will be available for anybody with general admission tickets buy them enjoy the show come out forget about the craziness, be safe, wear your mask, have fun and and be there for a night of history, a night that's going to represent history and also make some history, celebrate the impact and influence of the Navajo warrior, have some fun with friends and family. You probably haven't seen in a while and, and just, Enjoy wrestling for what it is, wrestling, and what it is in this state and what it is in this world, and and, and come do it with us. And, and trust me, it's money well spent. It's going to be a good time. And IZW only takes place four times a year, only twice a year in 2020, but normally four times a year, and so it's special anyway. We actually recently had a conversation reaffirming that we're never going to go off of four times a year because we want it to continue to be special and because it's gone so well with this one. So just come out. You won't regret it. It's going to be a blast, and and it'll be a night you never forget. So, And I'm suddenly by myself, so that's going to be interesting on the recording for us. We have lost Miranda Morales, and, and that'll be um, – that'll be fun so hopefully she rejoins the program um so i am uh let's see she's texting me right now yep she should be back soon her screen froze so welcome to technology hopefully she should be able to rejoin she is already coming back so i don't have to filibuster for too long because there she is so
1: yes
2: welcome back to your show
1: Thank you. Yes, it is my show. I appreciate that warm welcome. So those
2: for those watching on YouTube, I just want to apologize right now because that means I got bigger on the screen. And I'm not apologizing for that because I'm working really hard. right? <laughs> but that means there was this weird like the graphics don't change. So you've got Miranda's name and, and social media handle. You got my name, social media, all in the middle of a picture of me for like a minute, not even a minute. So now all is back to normal. Hey, man, it's technology. It's 2020. It's election night. It is what it is.
1: Yes, yeah, it is what it is. So, But, you know, I'm sure Greg did a great job filibustering, letting all of the listeners and viewers know about Impact Zone Wrestling presenting NAV30 on Saturday, November 21st at the Sun Studios of Arizona in Tempe, Arizona. And also letting you know that you can go to izwwrestling.com to get your tickets with limited VIP tickets available, general admission available as well. And, And, of course, just encouraging all of our Arizona fans to make uh, the trip out to Sun Studios of Arizona. And well, you may be wondering, well, what if I'm not in Arizona? Well, there's a few other things that you can do. You can share IZW's posts on social media to let maybe people nearby. Uh, maybe if you are in a nearby state in California or New Mexico or Colorado or Utah or Nevada, that, hey, you may want to make the trip out. It's a momentous special occasion. And I promise you it will be worth it. Something that you will not see again for quite some time. But also, if maybe you can't come, well, there's something else that you can do that will both benefit IZW and the chairshot.com. And well, that's going to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. And there you can purchase your very own impact zone wrestling and/or, I'm going to say and, but for some people's or but it's pretty much and your chair shot uh t-shirts uh both are available at pro wrestling tees uh, dot com forward slash the chair shot and again i mean 25 different designs you can get them in any style that you want short sleeve long sleeve uh regular style but of course soft style is the way to go that's a few extra dollars but you will thank yourself when you are not only stylish but comfortable So you go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shot and you can get your very own IZW or Chair Shot t-shirt. And a special note for those who are going to be wearing IZW t-shirts to the show, you can be eligible to win tickets to the next IZW show if you are wearing an IZW t-shirt at the show. So let me say that again. You come to the show, make sure you wear an IZW t-shirt because then you could be entered into a drawing to win tickets for the next
2: izw show and let me clarify because it's the most informal thing ever i legit will just pick somebody and be like hey you wearing the izw t-shirt you just won tickets like it's not a drawing it could be a drawing but we don't even i literally just find somebody at some point during the show is wearing a t-shirt and i'm like hey you won the tickets we go over to the table we give your information to jen and i email you vip front row tickets to the next show it's that easy so yeah. it's not even a drawing like like it's literally just Be there wearing your stuff. Be seen one person, two tickets for free. Tickets literally cost, I mean, a VIP ticket for this show was 30 bucks. You're getting two of them. That's 60 bucks. T-shirt costs 20. You're literally tripling your investment just by, you know, you know, you get the shirt no matter what. right. So you, so you get what you paid for and you could win free tickets on top of it. I mean, come on. It just makes perfect sense. I'm sorry. Now back to your regularly scheduled t-shirt commercial.
1: Yes, yes. Well, of course, like Greg said, too, you can make an investment. $19.99 is how much um, shirts start off as. And if you wanted to invest a few extra dollars to get it in soft stock, you absolutely can. But especially for those attending IZW, like Greg said, you can buy your T-shirt for $20. You can get picked at NAV30 to win free tickets for the next show. And yeah, VIP. That's you're already doubling your investment. I mean, it's it's a big return on investment if we're talking you know business talk here because we business people here, uh, but. Just make sure to go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shot. Also there, you can find your Chair Shot t-shirts, some really cool logos and designs. One of my favorites is, of course, the OG Chair Shot logo. Multiple Always Use Your Head t-shirts. And, of course, the Queen of Soft Style t-shirt is available for you to purchase. It looks beautiful. You can get it in short sleeve uh, or sleeveless soft style and with sleeves. Because we like to give you two options: a little bit of party, a little bit of business, whatever you like to do. But you can go and get your Queen of Soft Style t-shirt at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. Remember that is prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot.
0: Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save ten percent on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code Chairshot. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? PWX Over the Top Shine and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only five ninety-nine per month. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv.
2: Go to Powerslam.tv promo code chairshot. Get your free month. Again, that's powerslam.tv promo code chair shot.
1: The chairshot.com. Always use your head.
0: I'm speechless. Come on, Rob, go with Rob Hill. Capitalize. We'll take it. Go, Rob. Don't Come be on. proud, Rob. Go for it. Do it. There's the no though. Van Damme up top. We need a rift. Let it go.
1: That we are going to be. (laughs) There you go. I guess. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I tease that we are going to be discussing a blast from the past on tonight's episode of the Hashtag Miranda Show. And uh, yes, I, I definitely picked one that is certainly a blast from the past. I'll go into a second as to why I picked this match, uh, but for those of you who uh, may have heard that sound bite, but what? Not sure what uh, I'm talking about. Uh, I am talking about the match between uh, RVD Rob Van Dam and John Cena for the WWE Championship at ecw's one night stand in 2006 and uh definitely as soon as you know that match is spoken about or especially hearing it uh it definitely brings back memories for me in particular as someone who was just kind of getting back into wrestling at that time i took a hiatus for a few years but also you know this match was way more about what was happening in the ring. And it was about the environment uh, that one night stand uh, projected uh, in the Hammerstein Ballroom We had already gotten the official announcement that ECW was coming back full time um, as a third brand. And so there was this excitement in the air. You know, the success of the 2005 one night stand just, you know, made fans so excited. And it was a way for those hardcore wrestling fans to really live that ECW experience for one night. At the time, well, again, you know, we got many nights after that, and we're not going to get much into the history of ECW after that. But one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this is, as Greg mentioned, and as you may know, we've talked about it, the night that I'm recording this, that we are recording this, is election night, November 3rd. And, you know, the world has been a crazy place this year, but for many of us over the past few months, been inundated with political ads, with phone calls, text messages. It's been somewhat of a hostile environment on social media, in person, people discussing and arguing about politics and social issues. I mean, up and down across the board, it's been kind of a hostile environment to to be in, even with many of us still being at home, working from home, living from home, all of that. So the reason I keep mentioning the word hostile, because I jumped to this match as one of the most hostile environments I've ever seen. Uh, some of it can be deemed entertaining. And for the most part, I really did at the time when this aired, you know, just listening to the crowd and the chants for a while it was one of my favorite things about this match. Uh, but also now seeing it from a different perspective through time and how hostile it was. For someone like John Cena going in, knowing what to expect and not knowing what to expect at the same time. Um, And the way that I think crowds have influenced wrestling over the the years too, and how we don't have them anymore because of COVID really just made me want to look back at this match and evaluate it from a different lens, Uh, but also, you know, share a little bit of the historical context and Ultimately, at the end of the day, I mean, if someone can get out of the ECW one night stand 2006 crowd alive, like John Cena did, then, you know, maybe it means that we can all kind of get through our day a little bit. It's almost like that Britney Spears meme when she's shaming her head, like if Britney Spears can survive, you know, I don't remember the year, maybe it was 2008. But, you know, like Britney Spears can can survive, you know, that year, then you can survive today. It kind of got me on that same train of thought. But you know, I want to get Greg your initial thoughts. When you, you know, I told you we were going to be discussing this. What were some of the first initial thoughts you had come up?
2: I mean, it's the crowd, number one. You know, the the if Cena wins, we riot sign, like that's famous, yeah. and we that's still the see birthplace all the time. of it. Really, yeah. that's <laughs> yeah. exactly. And 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 you know, and, and of course, for years on this show, we not this show, but on the Greg Demarco show, LOL Cena wins was a thing, and then of course became. LOL Nikki wins and LOL Charlotte wins like it is today. And, and it's, and, you know, LOL Cody wins as well. It's, it's all is, is about John Cena, but this match also doesn't happen without John Cena. Like, like okay. that's the thing that when I remember this, when I think of this match, the first thing I honestly think about is John Cena and the role that he plays in this match, the role that he plays in the environment, the role he plays in the whole thing. And, 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 and I just I'm sure we'll talk about it more. So I don't want to go too far into it. But that's the first thing that comes to mind for me is actually John Cena, believe it or not, which is, yeah. you know, one of the greatest professional wrestlers in the history of professional wrestling, whether people like him or not. Uh, and and so that's this thing is actually more about John Cena than anything else for me.
1: Yeah. And I think that's fair because you're looking at it from the beginning of the match, you know, uh, the announcement is made that the match is going to to be happening. Um, and I mean, the storyline and and, uh, you know, just program for for RBD, he had won the Money in the Bank uh, ladder match at WrestleMania earlier that year. And, you know, he'd been Mr. Money in the Bank um, and had his own cool logo and design and the whole thing. And so when the opportunity came up for him to cash it, he was one of the first few to actually designate a time most of the time up until you know this point and a few others um those cash-ins had been sudden but he knew exactly when he wanted to do it and that was going to be at ecw one night stand because ultimately it's taking john cena out of his element absolutely out of his element and putting him in an element where again you didn't know what to predict and it was home for rvd which was ecw one night stand i think that element his storytelling was really good and the crowd fed into it i mean if you've seen any ECW event in the Hammerstein Ballroom, you know what the crowds are like. But again, too, this was only the second time that this event was happening and the crowd was thirsty, you know, to to kind of get at John Cena. This was also at the height of, you know, Super Cena and fans were starting to get exhausted with him. And I would say fans and I me, mean, I think it's more of those hardcore fans, more uh, of the uh you know, hardcore wrestling fan base, a lot of them adult males, you know, you still had your females and your kids loving John Cena, and your adult male saying, I'm done, I'm done with Super Cena. So this too, was their opportunity to really say what they felt without any other noise coming in, because that was not an environment for women and children. And if you listen to some of those chants, You obviously know that it was not an environment for women and children. Uh, But Rob came out to a strong um, crowd audience. But as soon as Cena comes out, the boos come in. And Cena, you know, he, he holds up the title with both hands and walks through kind of his head down but it's not necessarily out of fear it was this you know sense of you know I, I'm here to own this so John Cena's body language throughout the entrance uh to uh, upon second look and watching it now was more of this jab of you know hey this may be your house Rob Van Dam, but I still own this I'm still going to do the same things I'm going to do we saw that when he threw his t-shirt out in the crowd uh usually the crowd takes it and the crowd threw it back like that interaction—I've just never seen an interaction with a crowd that dynamic, with the booze, with the chants, with how uh, descriptive the chants were. Beyond Cena sucks. Um, there was some Cena swallows. There was, you know, so many, so many things. To now, to this point, I don't think you could really have any televised, even pay-per-view audience say those things it really no. was a rarity and almost it did feel like a little bit of lightning in a bottle um with that crowd but i think it was them being able to finally express their disdain and their dislike for, for john cena
2: and he ate it up and that's why this match is yeah. so much about cena like i think he knew what he was going to encounter and I, rarely in his career did cena wear all black and in this match he wears all black And so for him to come out in all black and to really flaunt that belt, knowing what was going to happen, but just he and he said it a lot. And and, and you can kind of see it on his face sometimes. He thrives on that. He loves that reaction. He loves those interactions. And so for him to have this crowd to work off of, I mean, that was John Cena at his very best. And that just made the moment that we listened to for Rob Van Dam and for Paul Heyman and for ECW, the brand and for that crowd all that much better. You know, if not for having a John Cena to hate, it doesn't work out so well. And that's why that event was so perfect and why you couldn't replicate it after the second one. After 2006, that thing was done. You you couldn't do that again. It just wasn't possible. It had topped out. It was too good. And that moment was just too amazing because of... John Cena, and, and you know, yeah, it had to be Rob Van Dam, I honestly think. I don't think it would have worked as well with anybody else. RVD never held the ECW Championship before then, so for him to get to do that, and he was kind of the guy that everyone thought would, but then, you know, he had opportunities outside of ECW and and, and ended up going. Of course, he had injury while he was a television champion, so there's a lot of factors in, in Rob Van Dam's career, but this was it. And, of course, this was also the, the high point of Rob Van Dam's career. Like, he... This was his lone world title in in WWE. Um, he, yeah. he went on to hold it in TNA, but after you know what happened the week after this, basically made sure that Rob Van Dam was never going to be a world champion in WWE again. But this moment is one that no drug charge, no nothing could ever get taken away from from Rob Van Dam. The moment was yeah. perfect, and how you know there's lots of perfect moments in wrestling, but. It's also very few perfect moments in wrestling. If you think about the grand scheme of things and the percentages, you know, Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30 comes to mind and, 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 you know, just so many other ones and, and, you know, personal favorites and whatever, but this moment is one of those perfect moments in wrestling that should never, ever, ever be forgotten. And when Rob Van Dam goes into the hall of fame someday, and I believe he will, this moment should be talked about.
1: Yeah. And you bring up something I wanted to talk about because Rob Van Dam recently did a QA and a with Pro Wrestling Junkies, and he was asked about, um, you know, that match with John Cena at One Night Stand, and he applauded how John handled the crowd. Um, He said, quote, I I was confident from the start because those were my people. It it felt great to have all that energy on my side, but Cena knew they were going to boo him out of the building. It was really cool to see how he reacted to and adapted to that kind of environment. It really impressed me and everyone should be impressed by what a professional he is. And again, that's more in hindsight in this. I think that in the moment as a fan, especially whether you were there or you were watching, I think there was a collective fan base that was tired of Super Cena. They were exhausted by always seeing him go on top, always seeing him win, always seeing the same character, and not even seeing any change or dynamic, just seeing him really plow through the roster. So knowing, I mean, I think that too was that if Cena wins, we riot, which I think would have honestly happened. I would, I believe that would have honestly happened. Absolutely. It is more of that almost that feeling as a fan that you kind of there. There was just no way, as much as you know, of the results of what happened with Rob Van Dam afterwards, or the and and I. We know that regardless of how Rob Van Dam lost his title, we all knew that it was going to be more of a short reign for him. Regardless, but the fact that WWE couldn't deny the presence and the environment in the Hammerstein Ballroom that night—for one moment—it felt like, as a fan, whether you know that hardcore fan, you won, and you're going back to that—you know, those perfect moments. I think that has something to do with it. That as a fan you feel like you have a a role and a place within the decision-making, because especially at that time, the decisions were continuing to be made outside of the fans. It was being held with Vince McMahon and, you know, that leadership. Um, And it even really wasn't until revisiting that whole storyline with uh, Daniel Bryan. And I know your thoughts about it was always supposed to happen, but as a fan feeling that you have influence on the outcome of an event is a powerful thing and like reinvigorates your fandom. Um, And I think that that's an important element too, uh, of the impact and the results of this match that the fans in there in that tiny ballroom, the tiny Hammerstein ballroom had such an effect, you know, in, in that match and and just in that history of ECW to the point where, you know, Cena lost that belt to RVD. I, I, I can't help but think that. And, you know, that's uh, a positive of, of the crowd, and maybe that feeling and adulation of feeling like you're, you know, your boy or someone that you've watched uh, come into this business, and someone who probably shouldn't have even gotten to WWE level um, win the most prestigious title in all of, of pro wrestling.
2: I, I want to go back to, to one thing. I I don't believe that the fans caused, you know, WrestleMania 30, 30 to change and Daniel Ryan to be world champion. But I know. And they didn't. And and it's been written about and Triple H has talked about it. However, the fans still caused that. They just caused it a year prior. Like, go back and watch WrestleMania 29 when Daniel Bryan and Kane retained the tag team championships. An entire football stadium is chanting yes. Like, at that moment, I think WWE realized, okay, we have something here. Then they decided to tell the story they told by making the fans think they weren't going to get what they wanted. It was still about what the fans wanted. It was just that's what the storyline was built around it. And, and the fans' feelings were manipulated. And, and I'm okay with that because the payoff was there at the end. Um, so don't think that the fans did not influence the WrestleMania 30 booking and main event. They just influenced it far earlier than people think. Same with this. I guarantee you when WWE was putting this together and they they realized you know, they could have John Cena and Rob Van Dam had Money in the Bank briefcase, I guarantee you there was never any doubt that Rob Van Dam was going to win. And, yes, and and yes. because of the aforementioned possibility of a riot and they would have, it would have been nuts and it would have been bad, they would never be that stupid, they, they yeah. we talk about how stupid yeah, they and, are and whatever, they would never be and, that stupid
1: Yeah.
0: what's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy and delicious breads, buns and tortillas these ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health shop now at Hero.co
1: No, and I think it's not necessarily the fans at night, but just the fandom of ECW fans, you know. I think that, too, before we ever got into this AEW fandom and and even indie fandom, there was ECW fandom, and it looks very different than fandom now. But the fact that it's so passionate to the point where it literally revived a dead promotion. You know, yeah. I mean, it really as a wrestling fan, there are moments where you feel like you have some power, you feel like you can you can make a difference and you can make an impact, you know. Now, on the other side of this, though, upon looking at it in hindsight, we talked about John Cena being a fucking pro. I think Absolutely. really John Cena is one of the only people who would have been able to perform at the at the rate that he did in that environment. Um, really just, and, and I think he thrived upon it and I think that he utilized it to his, his, you know, um, advantage, but outside of playing a a villain or a heel, anyone going in there to just perform, I mean, man, that crowd was intense.
2: It happened to Ray Mysterio the year before when he just went in there to perform, he hit a 619 and the crowd shit all over it. Because yeah. the 619 was not an ECW move. They viewed that as a WWE move, a less than believable move. Um, and, and, and so they, they kind of viewed it in that manner. Um, and so they didn't, they didn't like it at all. They rejected it. And Ray admitted that after the fact that he realized what he did and, and how he kind of, you know, shouldn't have done the 619 in that, that audience. Cause that's not what the ECW faithful fell in love with. So mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah, yeah, I think but that he, they, they got it right the second time around. That's for sure.
1: Yes. Yeah. And and again, I mean, that's a big testament to to John Cena. And I think now fans in hindsight recognize that more uh, back when that first happened, even, you know, several years after it was more funny. And mm-hmm. and I still view it as, as somewhat funny because, you know, never have I really heard a wrestling crowd in that succinct manner say and do the things that they did. And it was entertaining and they and WWE knew it and they, you know, chalked it up i mean they took in every single ounce of that it is sports entertainment through and through
2: yeah i mean that
1: Uh,
2: yeah cm punk in 2011 daniel bryan in 2014 and i don't know that it's really happened since yeah not to that level i think becky lynch came close but i don't think she quite hit that level
1: And again, it was a smaller audience. I feel like those other examples are huge audiences um, that I think, you know, it's a little bit more challenging to do. And this one, again, was very more specific and (laughs) they're being vocal. Um, And again, I feel like they probably felt that they were just saying all the things that all these other serious pro wrestling fans felt about John Cena. But also in hindsight now. I can't ever imagine that flying, No, you know, really in any big promotion, even AEW, as much as they like to push the envelope. I think that there's so much just different expectations set by wrestling promotions and fans now yeah. where the lines are a little bit more blurred. And even if you don't like someone, it doesn't get to that level. Um, and, and I think that that's okay. I think that there's other ways to showcase that and to not like someone, um, than to do some of the things that, you know, the, the crowd did at, at one night stand in 2006. But again, you know, what else did you expect? It seemed like it was just part of the, the master plan in a way yeah. Um for all of it to come together the way that it did. And again, as, as fans to feel like you finally are getting a match where you're feeling heard as, as a fan.
2: I want to, well, for, I, 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 I want to – I feel like I'm going to say something that could almost kind of wrap things up a little bit. I don't know if I'm getting ahead of myself. So I guess I'm asking you before I do that because because of what this really was in, in terms of what this match really was for that crowd and, and the performers and everything else. So, so, guess, so, re-
1: so re- repeat the question because you cut off for a second.
2: Are we – I, I want what I'm going to say is almost kind of I don't want to say it's like putting a, a bow on the topic, but yeah. it, it sums up a lot of what this truly was. Yeah.
1: No, go ahead. Go ahead and say it because okay. I, I, I have a few more just That's m- minor things. This to- was
2: this was less. It was very much about the match. But ECW, you talked about AEW. And I'm so glad you did. AEW is easy to find. AEW is on TNT. It's all over YouTube. It's all over social media. When ECW came up, you had to work for that. You had to trade tapes. You had to set your VCR to record at 2 o'clock in the morning if you had it locally. Even when it was on TNN at the time, which was the National Network, it was still on a yeah. terrible time slot. Uh, yeah, I was going to say,
1: that's my first exposure to it when yeah. it was on TNN. Like, and that was when it was slowly.
2: You know, I went when I lived in Richmond, Virginia where I grew up, I went to an ECW taping at the time towards the end and, and it was still ruckus and still crazy and still a blast. And they were giving away tickets on the corner to get people to go. Like I had every intention of buying two $30 tickets to that event. And instead someone handed me a flyer for free tickets. And so I didn't buy two $30 tickets. Um, But it's just so much like, like that's what that, that's why that fan base was the way it was. Like there was something special you couldn't just show up you couldn't just declare yourself as a mutant like you had to somewhat earn it and and to be a mutant uh which is what the ECW fans were meant something and if you think about the actual end of ECW they never got a proper end like it just it went belly up because it's it's like it's capitalism like we've talked about uh, on the Greg DeMarco show this week that kind of took it away, and and talent needed to go other places, and you hit a point where you're trying to grow the company, but can't financially, and then people need to leave so they can make their own money, and, and it just kind of fizzled out in a way that wasn't the proper send off for ECW. So that's what this was. The first one night stand was supposed to be that, but it really wasn't. But when their guy, the guy who's most synonymous with ECW, captures the WWE Championship and beats John Cena. The guy, Super Cena, in the middle of one of the most famous ECW venues ever, that was the proper send-off that ECW fans deserved. Mm-hmm. And I think they knew it was coming, and they were ready for it, and they got it. It was just a perfect— Sometimes it's okay to know what's going to happen and then have it happen. And this was the perfect way to send off ECW. wwe ECW never should have happened, in hindsight. Yeah. Even though I've suggested bringing back ECW back as a, back as a brand now, we're talking about, you know— 18 years after it died and and you know 14 years after after this and and after the when it came back um at the time it was way too soon to bring ECW back. Look how long it took them to bring back WCW stuff like we just experienced with the Great Halloween Havoc show that NXT did. It's now I think people will be more open to it. This was the proper ending for ECW that the fans never got. And John Cena, Rob Van Dam, Paul Heyman, Vince McMahon, everybody involved gave it to him. And they gave it to him in the most perfect way possible. And that's really what this was. It was, it was about Cena, it was about Rob Van Dam, but this was really about giving the ECW mutants the proper send-off for the company they love so much. And, and honestly, companies don't usually end on a high note. That's just not the way business works. And so for WWE to do that when they didn't really have to, that was and I guarantee you that show probably didn't make money because it was such a small venue and a really expensive venue to run. I can tell you that. And, and so it was more about the branding, but really about the proper ending for ECW. Yeah.
1: And, you know, I think that's such a good way to view it on a historical level as well. Um, because, You know, after that, we did get the revamp of ECW and that did not end on a high note. So, you know, history did did fall out the way that it did. But also, I think it's almost a reflection sometimes in life you were you were either the ECW crowd or you're John Cena. And some days you have fight in you, you can, you know, scream to the mountaintops. You can, you know, just in, enjoy yourself and have a good time. And sometimes the world is out to get you and you hear all these crazy, terrible things. Um, so I, I do stress, you know, if John Cena can, can survive ECW one night stand 2006. Then, you know, we can all, you know, survive this tomorrow. The past, the future. You know, everyone can can kind of survive that as as well. But also, you know, uh, some of the the best moments kind of feel like the craziest ones as well. Um, and we have those glimpses of being able to look back at the past and just being able to reflect on on how it's impacted the future. I think you know, even hardcore fans now have much stronger respect for John Cena based off of everything that he's done. Um, but hell, I still love watching, going back to that match and hearing the fans and everything that they have to say. And I do believe that it, you know, Rob's, it was Rob's time to have that title, even if it was a short amount of time, um, because that just set things up for for the future and just that nice shift to the W in the WWE for different things. And, and even just, you know, um, just to kind of have that stop gap uh, in, in that program between Edge and John Cena, who that he was the primary reason why, you know, uh, RVD won that title too. So that kind of shook, shook things up, but, you know, I think ultimately it was just more of a way looking back at this match was just, you know, one, the hostility of it is still insane. Something I don't think we'll ever see in wrestling again, Um, but also a cool reflection as, you know, now fans who've seen it all being able to go back to things like that and enjoy the moment but also appreciate what people like John Cena did in the environment to keep their cool uh and you know continue on with the with a quality match and again sometimes you are the ECW crowd and sometimes you are John Cena but know that you know either way you you'll be able to get through it I am lucha-masks.com by Pro Wrestling Revolution bringing you in partnership with Mask Republic, the Lucha Brothers as well as Japanese legend Ultimo Dragón. Go to lucha-masks.com and fight Lucha Strong with masks from your favorite Lucha Legends and Pro Wrestling
0: Revolution Luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite luchador. Get yours now at lucha maskscom powered by Pro Wrestling
1: Revolution.
0: This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshop.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshop.com.
2: I mean, I had to play it at some point. Like, I can't.
1: Yes, no, we had to. It's a requirement. We
2: had to. It's
1: Real point. quick. So I started this item of the week segment. It hasn't been as continuous uh, as before. But you know what? I figured uh, because I've been plugging pro wrestling tees, I could plug something from them that also uh, is, well, it kills two birds with one stone. Showing you some of my items of the week and plugging pro wrestling tees.com. So these up here. These are all pins that I got from ProWrestlingTees.com. This is actually... Well, it is a part of a little grab bag that you can get when you do have an order. And uh, I never ordered pins from them before. So I thought, you know, why don't I do this? This is quite some time. So I even have a little pin collection. I guess I may as well get this one out there, too. Uh, But so these are the three pins that I have as my mini pin collection. And these were random uh, from the grab bag. This first one is a Chainsaw Charlie pin right there. You could see that cool chainsaw charlie pin i yep. know i didn't take him out of the packaging because i'm that person um another one is a former well this used to be villain enterprises i don't know mm-hmm. if they exist anymore I don't think probably so. not but yeah villain enterprises pin as well and then we got the hashtag ftr this is still i think the most relevant pin i have right now um nice. So those are all pins that I got from a random grab bag, but I have up here behind me. So you can always look and celebrate my wrestling fandom. This pin is a little different. This is something that I got when I went to my very first and only NWA taping in Atlanta, Georgia last fall. I got this NWA pin. I see it. There you go yep. right there. But uh, I also got an NWA shirt, uh, but this was really cool because I like I've said before, I'm a West coast kid that grew up with nineties wrestling. So the NWA had no, uh, Presence in my life for many, many years until I was, uh, you know, rediscovering wrestling and more content became available online. Um, So I never thought I'd go to an NWA show. And when they relaunched it uh, back in last fall and I just happened to be in Atlanta on the second day of taping, I knew I had to go and it was well worth it. It was very cool to see the uh, the studio uh, to be part just of that studio audience to see some of the surprises that we uh, had and, and received and kind of seeing now in hindsight what the NWA was trying to, to shoot for uh, prior to to the pandemic and kind of the success that it had and not even knowing how successful it was going to be being a part of that studio audience, but uh, it was definitely a bucket list experience for me. And so I will always cherish, cherish this in particular as the time that I got to experience the NWA way and we don't know who knows if it's gonna be back. Uh you know, there's lots lots of things uh about it that we are not sure, but you know, it's again sometimes it's okay to, to look at the past, to remember the past, to enjoy the past, uh, and to remember it. So that's my items for the week. Uh, go to pro wrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. And also as you are getting your order you can get some cool pins variety pack surprise mystery pack items but i do want to end this show on a uh, another topic that came out earlier this week we talked about it a little bit last week as we did a review of bound uh, for glory from impact wrestling Um, in particular a message that kylie ray put out on her patreon regarding her status with wrestling so Jumping back to Bound for Glory, it was announced that Kylie Ray was going to be facing Diana Perrazzo for the Knockouts Championship. When the event came, uh, Kylie Ray was not there. Um, and we ended up having an open challenge from Deanna Perrazzo, where Sue Young came out and defeated her um, and uh, became the new Knockouts Champion after that there was a lot of speculation online as to why kylie ray wasn't there and there was just lots of speculation left and right so um from from all different places and so it's not so much about the speculation that i want to talk about but kylie ray earlier this week uh put an announcement on her patreon that explained or gave some more insight as to where she's at and, and kind of where she's going now and um Specifically, uh, she put this for her Patreon members and stated that uh, she is no longer a professional wrestler and currently taking a break from social media. Um, That's the the big news that came out of it. But the letter itself was heartful because there was other information that she shared to give some more insight as to, you know, how is she doing? Um, But she starts off stating that I'm truly sorry for the pain I've caused and miscommunication. I'm currently unwell. I'm also sorry that I wasn't able to get this out before your monthly subscription charge. So in reference to Patreon, you know, they have those subscription charges at the beginning of the month. Um, and so she wasn't able to uh, get this out and, and close her account prior to that. Um, but um this you know, came out very heartfelt. Um, and again, she mentions her second line is, I wanted to take the time to say, I'm no longer a professional wrestler, and I'm currently taking a break from social media. It has been a very hard decision to make, but please understand. When I'm well, I will try to fulfill any obligations I have missed. And uh, she talks about just her Patreon account as far as um you know allowing fans to unsubscribe encouraging them if they like and then just thanking them for their understanding so a big aspect of that is this wasn't anything that you know uh she she shared this information she provided that to her subscribers on Patreon and shared this message which took you know a lot of people by surprise that really took the wrestling community by surprise um but at the same time I found it to be incredibly brave that she was so open about, you know, where she's at and not being in a place right now where she can continue working as a professional wrestler and also taking a break from social media. We talked about, you know, how this year and this time of year in particular is very overwhelming, um, even from the comfort of your own home to be on social media and even to, to do your own job um, because, uh, of so many factors and, and how both the pandemic uh, and just other factors have impacted our day-to-day and especially our health has taken a toll for many, many people um, and and whether it's your work life, whether it's your relationships and your family, your friendships, your income, uh, all of that, you know, all of those things can put a strain on doing what you enjoy to do, or or just living your life. And so, for me, I just wanted to talk about this because I believe for for me, it's a way to kind of honor her and just her willingness to share, you know, just what is happening with her and the strength that she has to say, "I'm putting things on pause for a while." Um, and kind of just taking some time to to take care of herself. And that's something that I don't think we as, as people often think about or are afraid to think about or share in such a public forum. Um, but I think that if anything, what we can take away is of course about her career and you know what she's done in women's wrestling and her time at Impact And all the memories, but also as a way to say, you know, if she's strong enough to say something, maybe I should say something, too, when things become too much. And that way people know what is happening, at least the people that care about you, the people that need to know, you know. Uh, But it's a struggle. Uh, And I've struggled with a, a lot of things over this year that have made me really reevaluate so many decisions in my life. I'm still going through it. And it's also impacted how I view my work as a a podcaster and an announcer and where I see my future. I can absolutely see how all those things, you know, those those aspects in life influence what you want to do. Um, So for me, it was just very important to not only commend Kylie, but uh, say thank you for just sharing something that is so personal And kind of being vulnerable in that, but also being strong enough to say, you know, what is best for you and um, doing what is best for you.
2: Yeah, it's it's a I mean, it's it sucks, obviously. And and I. the thing that that sucks for me is that this came out because her Patreon got charged and. And, and I don't think that was intended for, I don't think it was something she was thinking about and her Patreon gets charged. And she's like, Oh crap. But you know, whatever the reason it came out, it came out and it's, it's, you know, this is a time of year for me. That's always going to be salient because of what happened a year ago for me, which we've talked about on the air before. And, and you know about, and that same kind of same thing and, and, and that I've been very public with and, and, you know. I still don't have the social media apps on my phone. I have to log on every time I want to go in and, and and do something and it's it's done on purpose. But for her situation like it it's it, it's just I feel terrible because this business and this is something you and I've talked about privately. This business does not care about you. The wrestling business has no feelings. The business owes you nothing. It's something that you hear all the time. And basically very few people leave this business better off than when they entered and, and it just stinks and, and it will chew you up and spit you out. And then it'll be on to the next person. And that's just the way many businesses work, including the professional wrestling business. And it did that to Kylie Ray. And, and I hate that. Um, there's so much about how she left AEW that hasn't been talked about enough. And, and, there's somebody in that company that's so revered and so beloved and did something so terrible. And, and it's just been is not held accountable for it whatsoever because white dudes. Um, and, and I hate it. And that's why she left the company, but this is a bigger thing even than that because of the situation that she's in. I sometimes wrestling is such an environment that's so unique. And and like I said, it just chews you up and spits you out. Sometimes you just got to go and be a normal person. And you can't always do that in wrestling. I can do that in wrestling. Miranda can do that in wrestling. But we have a lot of normal people conversations that you guys don't hear on the air. And same with me and Patrick and me and other people. Um, you know, I, when I revealed what I revealed a year ago on social media, a lot of people messaged me with their own things that are very non-wrestling. And told me stories about themselves and, and realized they could talk to somebody. Um Kylie Rae is a human being. Kylie Ray is an individual. She's, as far as I know, she's engaged to a wrestler um, in the Chicago area. I think she needs to go and be a normal person and and not Kylie Ray the wrestler. And I, I drop a real name, but I hate that, so, that somebody did that online because that was the first time I'd seen it. And I don't believe in that. And I have a feeling she didn't want that to get out. So I'm not going to. But she needs to go get a normal job if she doesn't have one and just go do her thing, be a normal human being. And I hope she does, and I hope she finds that happiness because I think she truly loved performing. I think she's one of those people who I honestly think the character was both a big part of who she was and also very therapeutic for her and and, and who she was as an individual. And unfortunately, when a character becomes that important to the person playing the character, it can also be very detrimental. And, and I think that happened to her as well. I hope she can go out and live a normal life. I don't believe we're ever going to see her in AEW, in WWE in impact wrestling or whatever. But I think you might see her again in like a freelance wrestling where she's actually currently the freelance heavyweight champion because that's local to her. There's no travel involved. That's kind of her ECW fan base. She's like the Rob Van Dam of freelance wrestling in a lot of ways. And I think she can go there and be happy and perform down the road when she's ready. Um, the term fan is short for fanatic. And, and I think some people will start to ask too many questions about Kylie Ray and, and just wonder too much and not want to take, you don't need to know for an answer. Leave her be, man. Leave her be, give her the time she needs, support her when she asks for it and leave her alone when she's not. And hopefully she, cause it's not about you as a fan of Kylie Ray. I'm sorry. Um, maybe your Patreon, you got charged for an extra month to Patreon. That sucks, okay, whatever. But in the long run, just like the business owes us nothing, Kylie Ray owes us and everyone else nothing. Okay. I hope she's able to come back and find that joy at that freelance level, but I more hope she can live a normal life and be a happy person because that's really what matters. None of this matters outside of that. So yeah. the business sucks. That's why this happened. But Kylie Ray deserves a chance to be a normal person and be happy and be healthy.
1: And I think that this episode in particular has very different dynamics because we just finished talking about, you know, one of the most hostile crowds in wrestling history and how it influenced and made an event better. But yet we also are in a time where people are on social media saying completely hateful and inappropriate things to each other, Mm -hmm. to wrestlers, to, you know, to anybody. And I think that that's such a, you know, I think that that's important for us to look at things in a historical manner and really look at ways for us to evolve and change and be better and do better that yes, that was 2006 and the world was a different place and social media was a different place and wrestling was in a different place. I still agree that there's no way any audience could do or say that now and nor should it, you know, should that happen again. And, and the same thing with social media, you know, I mean, that that type of negativity and really just hateful, you know, messaging should, shouldn't shouldn't be happening. And social media can absolutely be overwhelming, especially as, as a female, you know, not that I have any of this, the same kind of capacity of people messaging me or talking to me. And it can be a really great tool. But it also can be a scary place when you just want to have genuine interactions with people and you don't know what their intentions are, what they want from you. Uh, all, all of that. So I mean, that's in it of itself its own level but I, I do think it's important that we just do our best as fans to be the best representatives of of wrestling of our fandom of, of being fanatics uh, and show that pro wrestling is a good community because I've met some of the best people in the world because of, of wrestling whether it's through podcasting, whether it's through performing, you know whatever I've met some people that I genuinely, call friends and there's people out there that are genuinely good people but sometimes it can just be clouded and overshadowed by the negative and but I also think it's also important for us you know when we need help or just unsure to reach out to your community to your people and and like Greg mentioned you know I know this time of year is a challenge and I always admire Greg for sharing what he shared um, and anyone who just shares anything about their life that makes them feel like they're in a vulnerable position but know that growth can happen from it so you know for me the point of this was not to add any more speculation on it to guess what's going to happen it's more of an opportunity to thank her for just being open about it thank her for the work that she's done and also as Greg mentioned just you know put that message out there to to let her be, to let her have this life, you know, that's the best way that we can support her. And a lot of people in these scenarios is just let them live their life to give them that space and that time and not worry about when is she ever coming back into the ring? If she is, that's not our place. That's not our story. It's just more as someone, if you're a true fan and someone who truly respects not only her, but professional wrestling, you know, again, appreciating what's happened and, letting them live their life so yeah again this is a weird dynamic for tonight's show but i think that there's a lot of good messaging through throughout it um because it's important you gotta evaluate and look at the past you gotta look at these things and you can make better decisions to tomorrow and this truly is a chaotic time by the time we finish this and this post i don't know what the world is going to to look like we really don't um so maybe this is a great way for you just to take a break from some of that. Maybe you do listen actively. And I both I, I appreciate that. I, I really do. And this is truly, it is a, a podcast that does talk about wrestling, but it also focuses on other stuff. And I love how to tie in wrestling into the real world, into your day-to-day because it always will have a place for it. Um, but also know as a human, as a person, you're not alone in these things. You know, there there are so many people out there that may feel some of the same way that you do or experiencing challenges right now that may feel very overwhelming and you don't know what to do. And just know that, you know, take the steps that you need to take in order to work through that. And whether that is just confide in someone, seek professional help, you know, find guidance through books or, um, you know, programs or whatever it is, you know, I'm not here to, to tell you how to fix it. I think there's solutions and, and guidance in all different ways. But I think it's just more of an avenue to know that pro wrestling can be such a healthy avenue for it if you let it be a healthy avenue, if you make a conscious effort for it to be a healthy avenue for you. And sometimes if it's not healthy for you, it's OK to take a step back and evaluate and see if, you know, if it's meant for you at this time. And it's okay to take a step back and it's okay to take a step forward. You know, it, it really is any of those ways. So thank you, Greg, for joining me as always and being such an amazing co-host. Uh, make sure to check out Greg. I didn't even give our social media handles at the beginning of no, the show. No, we didn't, did we? we got so, yeah, we got so caught up in IZW That's and okay. all of that. But, yes, you can follow uh, Greg at Share Shop Greg on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can follow me, Miranda Morales, on Instagram and Facebook at the hashtag Miranda. Again, I'm the twitter heroine, so I got no Twitter for you. But sometimes I creep on the ChairShot's Twitter account, at Chair Shot Media Every time there's a takeover, uh, maybe not this upcoming takeover, but... Well, it's not in- going to be
2: the night of the IZW show. It's in December now.
1: Oh, well, so, then yeah, maybe they, in December. I'll, they, I'll be they
2: heard there. us and they were like, oh, we'll yes. move it for you. We'll move it. Yes, appreciate yes. that.
1: So make sure you uh, follow the Chairshot's Twitter account at Chairshot Media. That may be when I come up on Twitter every so often, and of course you can go to the Chairshot.com, uh, which is your new your source for wrestling news, analysis, and opinions. The Always use your
0: head. The Chairshot.com. Always use your head.
1: And, of course, uh, make sure if you are listening to this show on one of your favorite podcast streaming platforms like Spotify, Google, iTunes, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. So that way you get notified every time an episode drops. You review, of course, five-star review uh, because you love me and you want to leave me a five-star review. That would be super. Uh, And and, and review. You can leave feedback uh, as to what your thoughts on the show are, any suggestions and recommendations on future topics. So for Greg DeMarco, I'm Miranda Morales. Thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of the Hashtag Miranda Show. And don't forget to keep it soft style.